0: Welcome to Spill the Tea, the podcast where we speak with guests about various aspects of LGBT plus culture and provoke our thinking about the degrees of equity, equality of opportunity, and oppression experienced by this population. My name is Io Oliemi. I'm a lesbian with one cat and zero belief in astrology. I'm based at the University of Greenwich, and today I'm really excited to speak to our guest who is a graduate of the university. Tom Dingley graduated from the University of Greenwich in 2009 with a BA in Creative Industries. He's one of the people featured in the university's Greenwich Portraits, which celebrates some of the university's very best alumni. He currently works as a freelance photographer, primarily shooting weddings and proposals. His critically acclaimed Outcome Project, which he began in 2014, featured LGBT plus people holding pictures of their younger selves. More recently, he has photographed LGBT plus alumni of the University of Greenwich. He's also currently working on a TV show. Welcome to the podcast, Tom. Is there <laughs> anything that you'd like to add to yourself about to that introduction? Um, only that I'm a Greenwich
1: local, born and bred in Greenwich. Haven't ventured far. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you must be a fan of the area.
1: Yeah, I am yeah. biased, but I do like the area. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you move anywhere else?
0: Yeah. I guess there's a lot of good places to photograph people as well. Um, there's a lot of great architecture.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I've used it quite a few times
0: for backdrops. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first thing I wanted to ask you was, how did you get interested in photography? Uh, so I was lucky. My secondary school
1: actually had a, a photography A-level um, option. So I seen that as an option while doing my GCSEs. And I actually thought... I'll do that just as like the fun thing on the side of real studies. Um, so, so I did the more academic stuff, and photography was just like, you know, the fun extra course that that I would enjoy doing. And um, and I did it. I did quite well, and I had a really good uh, teacher who you know told me why don't you know have a go and pursue it. So uh, I did.
0: Yeah. Do you remember the first time that you kind of picked up a camera and a more serious way? Uh,
1: yeah so I borrowed my uncle's uh, film camera and on a, a holiday, just a family holiday in Spain I was sort of doing more landscapes or I rem- remember trying to photograph lightning which was quite difficult during <laughs> a, a storm one day um, but I just like that sort of idea of following something to you know try and track something down to get a photo of it and I think that's probably what kick-started the uh, interest.
0: And you mainly photograph people now. Was there kind of a moment where you had that transition from doing more landscapes to having people as your subjects?
1: Yeah, so it's quite interesting. My college work, so when I, I went on after A level, went on to a high national diploma uh, with Greenwich at Northwest Kent College, and all my uh, courses, or like, you know, the sub uh, courses within them, I photographed no people. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was landscapes or subject. Um, you know, still life uh, or pictures just in and around the city that I didn't really have to talk to anyone. And I think that was because I was a little bit shy. I wasn't out, you know, I wasn't as outgoing as I am now. Um, and it was just easier to photograph things that didn't talk back to you. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now, yeah, it's completely opposite. I photograph only people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Done a real flip. Yeah. Um, so your photography of people is one of the things we were hoping to talk to you about. Um, and one of the questions I had was, how do you think photography can be used as a tool to support and empower the LGBT plus community?
1: Um, well, I think photos are powerful anyway, but in terms of, if you think more of like the Instagram, social media kind of generation, everyone's doing selfies. It, photography allows people to have that presence and have their true self shown. So if maybe back at home, like with the city they live or with their family, they're not completely out or not completely comfortable being themselves, online can be a completely different um, persona and it gives them the confidence which then grows into their everyday life. Um, So I think photos are a a great way of expressing yourself Um, and then also finding your own little tribe, your, your, your community. If you like particular things, you end up, you know, the algorithms on social media allow you to meet like-minded people.
0: Do you think there's something special about photographs in particular, as opposed to example videos? Because when you're talking about social media, I was thinking about obviously you've got apps like TikTok that are really popular, but they're video-based, but with photographs in capturing just one particular moment in time. Uh, do you think that has a different experience for both the person who's in the photo and the viewer?
1: Yeah, Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely. Like when you look at a photo it takes you back to that moment you might remember the day that it was actually taken or the holiday or you know the experience you were having at the time um, and and that it really a photo can really stand out as like a milestone in a part of your life so you mentioned my outcome project i i photographed so many people i can't remember how many uh, it was you know three figures worth of uh, different people and each one had their own little different story each one had their own childhood photo and it was interesting to you know to see that they actually enjoyed looking at their old photos of themselves as a kid picking out which one they were going to use and it just it just shows that a photo you know encapsulates that person at that moment in time and and it, you know, it's a memory for them to look back on.
0: And one of the things that I found really striking about the outcome project when I was looking at some of the pictures is how the photographs that people holding on themselves were really blown up Mm. Um, and they were physically
1: large enough to yeah. yeah to see the the child in the in the in the picture, yeah yeah well yeah, so I think that was a conscious decision that when it has more impact because you know you can then see the picture that they're holding, it's not just like a little photo booth um kind of picture, but also it's just so you then the viewer of the the photograph of the portrait can see the adult who's now out and enjoying life and doing whatever they're doing, and but also to see them as a child, and you can see you know is there any still resemblance do they still look like the the child they were um it's also interesting that some of the people i photographed they would choose a childhood photo that had some kind of link to what they do now so i photographed a, a ballerina who picked out a childhood photo where he's holding onto the banisters and stretching out almost looking like he was destined to be a dancer you know that kind of thing um so yeah, so the the childhood photo within the portrait needed to be big enough so the viewer could you know see the the child.
0: And it's also quite cool that it's a photograph within a photograph. So you're seeing people have their reaction to their childhood selves, and especially with that journey of coming out when you're part of the LGBT plus community. Um, it seems that it's more about people coming, the journey of people coming out to themselves within this project. That's what you're focusing on. Yeah,
1: it, it's almost like a, this was me, this is me now, and, and I'm happy with the the journey um, that, that I've been on. Um, but I mean, also, it, it reminds me when I actually first thought of the project, there was quite a big um, uh, thing on Twitter and on Instagram as well called Throwback Thursday where people would post an old photo of themselves. And it sort of clicked that people like that nostalgia and looking back and just reviving a little bit about themselves from years past. And that that sort of little nugget of interest then made the Outcome Project what it is because then holding the childhood photo just sort of awakens that sense of this was the person as a kid, this is the person now. And, and, yeah, and yeah, they're happy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> What was that process like of talking to people while they were picking out their childhood photos? Did they share a lot about themselves with you?
1: Oh, yeah. Everyone has a completely different story. Some more elaborate, some sad, some just completely normal. Everything was fine. Um, But then, you know, choosing the childhood photos, some people had hardly any to choose from because they don't necessarily uh, speak to their family or they don't have that connection anymore some people had too much choice and would <laughs> arrive with all these pictures and we would you know pick the one that was you know the nicest or one that sort of fit better with what they were wearing on the day or something and so yeah there's a whole like range of people out there everyone has their story and and it was important for me to have many different people in my project to show that you know there are lgbt plus people in all walks of life from all different backgrounds and and uh, we're yeah we're thriving.
0: <laughs> and is that the main thing that you wanted the viewers to get from those photographs as well—that image of thriving and growth?
1: Yeah, and and being out and happy and just getting on with life. It was my first sort of thought would be to if you were a young closeted LGBT plus person and you saw this project, it would just show you that you know you don't have to be this person that person. You don't have to follow a a route of sticking to a job that you think you're destined for you can go on to do anything and be anyone and be yourself and and all you know all my portraits were little role models of you can go and find your luck come out live your life don't let and don't have any shame don't hold back go for life you know go and do what you want to do and so there was that and then on the other side of People who aren't in the community that would have quite a narrow-minded view of what a gay person or a lesbian would look like—they would see the project, and they just might think, "Oh, okay, yeah." And I didn't realize there were gay politicians, or you know, in all walks of life. So again, it was just trying to put a little spotlight that, um, again, LGBT plus people are everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and in every industry as well.
0: Yeah. So really highlighting that diversity that exists within. The community, too, and almost like a, I get the sense it's a bit of a kind of pick and choose what you relate to, what strikes you. Um, yeah. So the idea is that people will kind of view the photographs all together as a set and see what they're drawn to.
1: Yeah. And it's almost like it's a mirror on society in, in general because everyone is different, everyone wants to do different things. And it, it's the same in the project. It just shows that there's people like doing a manner of different jobs and experiences.
0: How did you go about the process of finding people to be part of the project?
1: Um, so I, I started off just asking people that I knew just to get like a, a few portraits in to then have examples to show other people this is this is the project I'm doing. Do you want to be part of it? So once I had a few portraits, I would then uh, just use social media and um, websites and then after a while I had a few more portraits. I would then use like the... Um, Maybe some small press maybe online just to run small stories asking if anyone wants to get in touch with me and yeah quite a lot of people did and then having more portraits i did little exhibitions connected to different prides i exhibited with uh, london pride and brighton pride were like the main big ones that i did and then from that more people then got in touch and it was just like a more and more <laughs> more portraits were taken
0: so it really grew from what you first imagined did you ever was that kind of the hope that you had for it that it would grow that big or were you just trying something out
1: i mean at first it was just a matter of let's just see how many i can do and then after a while then you start to see i mean like when i first started it was just a lot of white gay men uh photographed and then i think right now i need more women in it i need trans people i need people of color so then i did you know start to like target groups and like I, I spoke to Diva magazine just to get more women involved and then you know it then starts to become like the the, the wide breadth of community that that it was you know it's quite a good mix in the end.
0: And you also published a book of the photographs as well did that feel like the culmination of it?
1: Yeah so, so I was lucky enough I photographed a lady called Cherry Potts who is an author and. Uh, publisher which helps and yeah. <laughs> um, so we had a conversation we did a, a crowdfund uh, raised enough money or just a little bit more than what we were hoping for and then yeah the book came together so we picked out of I want to say like 150 portraits at the time uh, we picked out a certain number uh, to include and then got a little bio from each person and yeah so the book is then just like a book form of role models of the LGBT plus community yeah so it was exciting to to be part of and then to have actually have a physical book with your name on it and and your work in inside it was was cool and then we launched it at the university here at the in the heritage gallery we had all the walls were covered with outcome portraits and uh, we had a launch night which was a very fun night and um, it was just yeah it's just a proud moment for me yeah
0: huh? yeah definitely yeah, yeah it's a getting all those people together and Mm. it must have felt really incredible. And I was thinking about how to talk about social media, but then also having the photographs in person. Are there any particular photograph that you've seen uh, physically that you feel have helped you on kind of with your experiences of being LGBT plus?
1: Um, Funny enough, my first ever lesson um, in A-level photography we all were just given a, a photo book, a different one. Each student had a different book. And I was given a, a book by a photographer called Nan Golden, it was an American photographer. And I didn't know at the time, but she worked a lot with queer people um, and, and the trans community. And it, in at the time, it was just a, a photography book to me. And, you know, I liked the pictures. Um, but in hindsight, it almost felt like a, this is... Someone gave me that book as "This is your path" kind of thing. <laughs> this is where you're destined to to go. Um, so yeah, so Nan Golden has always like popped up as someone that I feel like there's a slight connection with, and there's a lot of people portraits, and this is you know is what I do now. So,
0: is there anything particularly striking about their style of photography that appealed to you?
1: Um, just they're kind of like focus on people that are considered other that the other people of um the community are interesting or worthy of a a photo because they are considered other by you know the majority of people it's like yeah i quite like the idea that you need a representation they're worthy of photos just like anyone else yeah which yeah i think that's almost like outcoming in terms of we all need we all need to have a little like experience in front of the camera it's it's fun and then you get a you, you know you get photos out of it yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> with the people that you photographed the outcome was there any particularly memorable experiences that you had i mean like
1: everyone was individual and everyone had their really interesting stories but one and um, i photographed a drag queen called Lavoie who actually lived local at the time great name <laughs> yeah and and i would i went um, she was getting ready so I went to her house and then we walked from her house to a little studio that I was using just in Greenwich Market and everyone is like looking around at this six foot redhead um, drag queen and I'm just walking along like, yeah she's with me <laughs> we're working together and um, so that and then we did the, the shoot which was really fun and then we went to the local gay bar where they were having like a outdoor sort of summer pride day Um and yeah, I just spent the day together. It was fun, yeah but I mean, like you know that that's because she's a an entertainer, but I photographed politicians, went to the houses of parliament, uh, which was quite cool. and felt like this is I'm doing you know, proper adult work now. I'm going places and taking people's pictures at their workplace it was quite nice.
0: And with the taking those photographs, so you your main gig is kind of doing proposal photography and wedding photography, um, but with the outcome project. Did it feel like you had a different kind of relationship with the people that you're photographing because of that kind of shared experience of being LGBT plus and focusing on that aspect of yourself in the work? Yeah, I
1: think so. And also because of the people that, you know, I didn't make anyone do the portrait. It's because they also wanted to, to be part of it or put their face into the, the mix of different LGBT plus people. So it, there was a, a different connection. It wasn't like I was just arriving to do a business headshot or something so it felt like there was um a joint interest in in doing it it was i wanted to get to broaden my project and they wanted to be part of it because they saw it as a, a nice thing to to be part of and put their face in amongst all the role models of lgbt plus people at the time
0: and within your photography work do you think there's anything that you've learned about the lgbt plus community
1: um i think once people are out they more extravagant, maybe more of an exhibitionist because that not being out that um coming up process just encourages you to to be bold, be yourself and be a go getter so people that I'd photographed many had not been photographed before, or they would ar- arrive and say i re- i don't really don't really like having my uh photo taken <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> great don't know now we've got to take your picture <laughs> um, but I think it it just shows you that it's in, one important to, to be yourself too. It's important to show the next generation, you know, you can be out, you can be yourself, you can, wherever you are. So I think we're a, a strong, a strong bunch. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's really taking up space and kind of saying, I'm here when you're having a photograph of yourself. Um, especially it's, uh, I think most ones I saw were very much full body shots. So you could see yeah. the whole person as well. There was no, Hiding.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't like they were all in just plain clothing. They're dressed in what they work as or something that they're known for. So it's it's not just a photo of them. It's a representation of them as a person, uh, which again, it's you know, it's just you know, courageous.
0: Have you ever done any self-portraits?
1: I mean, I did uh, to pr- promote Outcome. I did a photo of me like holding a sign that says Outcome, which. Um, it Was edited a little bit, <laughs> ready for the um the book, but that's used in the book, um, and then during the pandemic when I had absolutely nothing to do, yeah, I, I did do some like self uh, tests or just you know, trial out some creative ideas and, and just use myself with a you know, a remote release to take the, to the photos. Some worked, some didn't. But it was just yeah. <laughs> something to do. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, some people bake bread. Yeah, you... oh, I did that as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you baked bread
1: and... I did all the cliche things, <laughs> banana bread, I dyed my hair, <laughs> grew things in the uh, the garden and, yeah, did uh, self-shoots. <laughs> yeah.
0: And with those people, obviously, kind of different backgrounds and you mentioned kind of people picking out what they're going to wear, did it feel like a very collaborative art project?
1: Yeah, because like, I, you know, I was upfront about this is what I want to do it's a plain uh, white background I want to photograph you as you are representing what you do now holding your childhood photo to show that you've grown up you've come out you've become someone you're living life all's good so then the, the, you know the, the participants would then would would email me and say oh I'm thinking about doing this or I work in this field but I also do this and I don't know which one to represent so some people we did a bit of both and then chose afterwards, and some I would say no. I think this is this is great because I I don't have a doctor yet or uh, <laughs> I I don't have a, a a judo um person. What do you call somebody who does judo? I don't know.
0: Instructor? Maybe. maybe.
1: Yeah. Um. So then we would sort of pick and choose to like try and get a good range of of different uh, you know people from different areas.
0: So you photographed around a hundred and fifty people. Yeah, and I'd be interested to know about the age range because um, you mentioned it's about people who are kind of there now, out and feel confident in who they are and want to show that. Was there a big age range, or did what was the kind of youngest to oldest?
1: Um, you know, I actually don't know numbers in terms of who what was the youngest age, but quite young, like maybe late late teens, early twenties, and then the the oldest person, I think they were. In the late seventies, um, they'd been out for a while, but then I photographed people in the, the middle of of that who had not been out that long, or had been married and have a family, and then realised, no, they're gay or, or whatever, and they were they have come out, and um, so it's quite a mix. So like w- earlier on, when I said about providing these photographs, these role models for young people growing up, it's not necessarily young people that are still struggling about coming out. It's you know whoever is struggling with their identity or, you know, the sexuality. They might be able to see my project and think, oh, yeah, no, there is life outside of the closet, even if you, th- you think it's safer to, you know, carry on as you are. Mm. It's quite, quite a mix of ages.
0: And you also worked on shooting some LGT plus alumni of the university yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, so that was quite a recent thing, working with um, Sophie and the alumni team to add to the the Greenwich portraits, but focusing on LGBTQ um, alumni, which was nice, nice to be back, nice to do work and add to the the portfolio. So yeah, and that that went really well. Yeah, it was fun.
0: Did it um, feel I guess a different dynamic knowing that those people you had the both being at having been at Greenwich in common with these people
1: yeah so we, we would immediately talk about hasn't it changed because <laughs> <laughs> like the Stockwell Street was was not a thing Um so yeah we would just point out what we remembered what we recognized which local pub we would have been to and um, but then also there was a nice thing that I'd had my photo taken for the Greenwich portraits so I knew exactly what it's like to be. Behind the camp, in front of the camera, on campus, and just wandering around taking different pictures, so I, you know, was able to connect with them on that level as well.
0: And you, so I guess your more kind of day-to-day work is being a proposal and wedding photographer. Um, What does that feel like? Feel, I'm guessing it feels quite different from doing the lgc plus specific
1: yeah it is it's fun though i do enjoy like the marriage proposals is quite a niche thing which i got into just before um covid and was able to work in in and around the lockdowns when you could have only a rule of six people together proposals could still happen because it was generally three or four people involved so i i got plenty of experience doing those and i've just continued to work with them i do it freelance but there's a company called the proposers who i work with quite a lot and we all get on and i actually really just it's just fun to work with them and each proposal is completely different um i'd love it if there were more same-sex couples you know proposing to each other and then i would photograph them because i i have a um i set up an instagram called they said yes photos And that ideally would be more of a a same-sex take on, you know, romantic events. Mm. But it's, you know, it's quite a mix. But yeah, no, I I do enjoy it.
0: And it's um, also related to the TV show that you're working on with alongside the proposers.
1: Yeah. Um, So interestingly, yeah, Channel 4 approached the proposers uh, to create a program about marriage proposals and planning them and what you know what goes into it so yeah we're currently filming something uh for channel four at the moment i don't know when it will be out hopefully by the end of the year or around valentine's makes sense um so yeah it's it's fun it's completely different and quite bizarre to be part of a, a tv show and i don't know yet in terms of how much i'll be on it or might just be in the background taking the photos but you know I have done bits of the camera, so we'll see. Yeah. (laughs) Don't want to get too excited in case it's awful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's just like a split second of you clicking away. Yeah, you'll just see a
1: a lens appear and that'll be me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So with the work you've done in relation to the LGBT plus community, is it just photography that you want to do that with or have you considered other mediums or avenues? Um, No, I've just stuck with photography.
1: I don't know why really but that's just my... uh, my comfort, my uh, what I'm used to, what I know, but you know, I, I've helped out at different things, and I've been involved in prides in different way, or sharing things, or being part of uh, news stories, or interviews, or doing podcasts, or <laughs> different things. And I think it's just important to help out, help your local prides, do the mainstream ones as well if you if you can, because they're fun to be part of. Yeah, but I would, you know, say to anyone listening as well, get involved in. LGBT plus community groups or or that kind of thing because it's it's just nice to give back and be you know with like minded people
0: Mm, definitely and have you ever photographed pride events
1: yeah so a couple of years I worked with pride in London and uh, photographed on the parade route so just up and down photographing the different groups photographing the crowd and and then the the stage in Trafalgar Square which was quite cool for me because then one of the drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race which I love uh, was on it and I got one of the best pictures that I feel like I've ever taken um, of her standing on the, like, the fence with the crowd all like arms up, cheering and it, with the National Portrait Gallery right behind. So it, for me, it's, it's quite a good picture. It's my phone screen as well.
0: Oh <laughs> What was she wearing in it? And like, what did it look uh, like, like? A, sorry,
1: a rainbow like, foam wig. And silver reflective like bodysuit dress thing yeah. and these big silver boots, yeah, quite striking, obviously. Yeah, it's, also, it's not really striking,
0: yeah. and like it is very much that taking up space, so I'm being present. And yeah, I think
1: that's also why I, I like drag so much because it's just like unapologetically queer or LGBT, you know, related. That they're just here I am. This is me, extravagant, exhibitionist getting all the attention and being proud. Yeah, Yeah.
0: drag queens love having their photograph taken. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) There's quite a few drag queen uh, portraits
0: that I've done now. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any kind of highlights that you remember of queens that you've photographed?
1: Uh, Yeah, so the the one I mentioned, Le and then I did a day down in Brighton photographing different people. And a drag queen, a friend called Lola Lasagna, helped me um, get different people, you know, in Brighton. Uh, to come down for the day so i got again got quite a good mix but also that day because she knows different drag queens Um we've got uh, joe black davina sparkle um lola herself yeah so it's quite a, quite a good mix
0: and it sounds like it'll be quite kind of like playful taking those photographs do you um kind of just let people bring themselves and get on with it or do you kind of try and i guess influence how they act depending on how you interact with them yeah it,
1: it, it's a bit of both. Um, I always find like if you over direct someone, then it, they become too conscious of where their arm is or how they're standing. And sometimes it's easier to give as less direction as possible because then someone will stand just how they would normally stand and be comfortable. Um, it's when you start thinking, how do I How do I hold a book? How do I put my hand in my pocket? Which sounds silly, but once you actually stand in front of a camera and pose as, as you, you know, um, it, it becomes quite tricky. <laughs> so, so and then, But then that's my job to then say, do it like this, or walk out and come back in again and just stand and we'll just chat and I won't be taking pictures and, the, you know, they just sort of settle into it. And we we we'll, I'm always talking like throughout a shoot, so we'll take a few pictures and then we'll have a chat and it just breaks down that kind of, it breaks the ice, especially if it's the first time I've met someone.
0: Yeah, and, and since you're part of the LGBT plus community, as well. And um, I imagine that kind of helps with the building that relationship when you're photographing LGBT plus people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, especially when I've done proposals for same sex couples, I, I might just drop it into conversation. You know, I've mentioned my husband or Pride or something. And I actually did a proposal last year, the day after Pride in London. And, and it was a lesbian couple. And because it was the day after, I was still covered in glitter. <laughs> <laughs> and I had like a um, sticker on my, you know, to, on my bag you Know the, the pride flag, so as soon as they saw me, and I was like, I said, I'm really sorry, I'm coming glitter <laughs> I was at pride, <laughs> they loved it. Um, and we yeah, had a really fun shoot and was chatting throughout, so um, it does help because then I think people, even though like you know, equality has come so far, and in society, you, you know, you feel accepted if you like, and everything's fine. Sometimes, if you're doing something that's not normal, like a, a proposal, and you're getting someone to photograph it who you've never met before. It's just nice to know you're on the same wavelength, or coming from the you know the same community.
0: Yeah. With proposals, what settings are they normally in?
1: Uh, so normally it will be in a venue, in a a hired room for like private dining or just an event space, and, and it will be set up with candles and petals, flowers, maybe light up letters "Marry Me," or you know hoops and balloon arches and all that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, some of them are quite elaborate and eye-catching, but, you know, it's stunning as well. So I would normally like be hiding behind a Marami sign or just in a corner of the room. So as they approach, they come in the room, see the sign. I get the reaction. I let the proposal happen, how, um, how it plans out, and then I'll go in and congratulate them and then restage to get different angles close up to the ring. And then we do a couple shoot. shoots. But, yeah, sometimes when they're outdoors, I will just be hanging around um whatsapp or facebook to drop my location with the person who's booked me Uh -uh. so then they can walk to the right place and i Uh -uh. will just follow them for a bit like a paparazzi (laughs) Um, and then photograph the proposal as it happens and then go Up and introduce them, and then that's when the other person will normally say, Oh, I did see someone with a camera, but yeah. I just thought you were a tourist. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. you're a professional, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we do like the, the full shoot, and then yeah, leave them to it.
0: It's quite, um, and I guess an intimate moment to capture people, and also with photographing with the outcome project in particular, photograph people themselves that's also quite intimate. Um, do you feel like you've learned more about people in general for your photography work?
1: Um, yeah, I think so. I think, um generally people will do what you tell them to do <laughs> and if you know you're in a position of taking control of of the little situation that they're in so it being a photo shoot at the time and i think i've also learned which is what i'm quite like about myself is that i'm quite warm i like to think that i can get on with someone quite quickly or just you know be amicable and that really helps when you're just getting a job done when you don't have actually that much time and also at a proposal, you don't want to take up much time because it's their special moment. It's their romantic moment. You don't want them coming away thinking that was more photos than proposal. You know, so you, I like to work quickly, kindly and efficiently um, get the job done and everyone's happy.
0: Yeah, I like that sp- summary of quickly, kindly and efficiently. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just going on to the final question. Um, what would you want to say to younger or newer members of the LGBT plus community?
1: Um, so firstly if if they're not out to come out be proud to be who you are because things unfortunately if things don't go right with your family or people don't accept you there are still hundreds thousands many more people out there that will be be your family and you will make friends you will connect you will flourish and so be bold you know feel the fear but do it anyway um and then once you're out i would just say to people just make friends join groups help out at pride support you know your local gay bars because then you build up a relationship and you know looking at my group of friends we are from all walks of life and i think that's what's cool about the lgbtq community lgbtq plus community um is that we are everywhere and we all bounce off each other and we have that connection of this coming out process um so regardless if you know someone's in banking or someone's in politics and i'm a creative we all can still get on because we have that joint story of how did you come out or you know how are things with people that you know you went to school with or your family or whatever so we have that connection so it's important to connect yeah make friends be bold do things do what you want to do be happy
0: yeah yeah, I really like the we are
1: everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it always reminds me of the the film Six Sense when he says I see dead people. <laughs> they're everywhere. I think, yeah. yeah, LGBT plus community. They're everywhere.
0: Yeah, just haunting. Yes, <laughs> <places. laughs> friendly ghosts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for um, speaking with me today yeah thank Uh, you for having me yeah Um, I guess if before we let you go uh, is there anywhere that our listeners can find you Um, and where can people find out more about the Outcome Project Um,
1: yeah so um, I'm on most of the socials at Tom Dingley Photo um, or at Outcome LGBT and then my more romantic weddings and proposal stuff is at They Said Yes Photos
0: great thank you thank you Thank you for listening to this episode of Spill the Tea. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Please do share the podcast around and we'll be back with a new episode later this year.